The following episode of TOEFOP is classified M.A. It contains some coarse language, some nudity, drug references, sexual references, a sex scene, prison rape, time travel, and mild coarse language. TOEFOP advises that the program is not suitable for persons under the age of 15. Minors must be accompanied by a parent or guardian. This is John Deke speaking. There hasn't been any great advances in prison rape or space travel. Hello and welcome to TOEFOP, I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. We're back at your place. I know. If TOEFOP Studios is my place, what does it make this place? Uh, this is like, um, I don't know, it's like the summer home? <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> TOEFOP summer home. Yeah, exactly. We're on the road. Uh, it's interesting for it to be at my house. I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Uh, and the main thing I'm enjoying about it is uh, that I don't have to drive after I've been drinking and that I can wear tracksuit pants. And no dog coming in. Every five minutes. I Like, I mean, I have cats. I mean, I could bring the cats in if we felt like, you know, a little cat ambience in the background. Do they meow, though? You wouldn't know they were here. Well, we'd have, to, we'd have to poke them. <laughs> like, we'd have to poke them to make them meow. Like, sometimes... sometimes the first podcast that's ever been uh, attacked by the RSPCA. <laughs> sometimes when uh, I'm away on tour and uh, Amy and I are talking on the phone, one of the cats will come up and she'll be like, um, do you want to say hello to Daddy? <laughs> Do you want to say hello to daddy? Yeah, we do that. Do you want to say hello to daddy? Do you want to say hello to daddy? And then you can literally hear her squeeze out cat. (laughs) (laughs) There's a point where she gets to where this loving gesture turns into her being cruel to our cat. What is it? Is it a tail pull or a belly squeeze? How do you make a cat meow? I don't quite know. Uh, you know, belly squeeze, light belly squeeze. You don't need to do it, you know. You don't need to Guantanamo it. I don't think... I There's no electrodes on the testicles or waterboarding involved. It's, I think a gentle, like, little squeeze would be You fine. have to aggravate Junior to get him to make a noise. Like, you've either got a... If you have food or a toy or something like that, like, get his attention. Like, physically, like, poking him, he doesn't really... Wouldn't make him... So you're saying that Junior only barks when he's aggravated, so that's why he barks in our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> he's just, like, angry. And our opinions. Like, why won't they stop talking about Batman? <laughs> I'm a dog, and even I'm bored by this conversation. <laughs> or is Junior like a talkback radio caller, and he's just, he's just like chipping in? Yeah, he's getting really angry about things, and he just wants his his, his opinion told as well. Yeah, I'm a hardworking. I'm a taxpayer. Yeah, no, you're not. No, you're not. I fucking you pay. You live rent free. Yeah, you get fed for free. All you do is lay around and sometimes go for a walk. You got no opinion, dog. Do you think you are good dog parents? How would you oh, yeah, rate yourself great. as like a dog well, parent? Well, like, I mean, I think if Caesar Milan was to assess us, he would say you spoil your dog and he doesn't know the hierarchy. Because, you know, Caesar Milan's whole thing is the hierarchy of the pack. Yeah. You've got to assert yourself so the dog understands that, for instance, you're meant to feed yourself first. You eat first and then the dog gets fed. So the dog knows it waits until you eat. No, we, but you know what? We kind of like spoiling our dog. You know, we don't have a kid. <laughs> so, you know, if your dog was a kid, like with the way you treat, if you'd parented oh, he'd be the a child, the he'd way be a, that he'd be Augustus Gloop. Yeah, right. <laughs> he would think he was the center of the universe. Like when we first got him, because I'd never had a pet of any kind before, and I was a bit sort of like, you know, I, I still was firmly in the camp of an animal's an animal. Like, you know, I didn't really have any particular affection for animals, and I was like, he's going to sleep outside. You know, we had like this little kind of kennel for him. 
And then after two months, you know, he'd be whining at the door. And it's like, okay, he sleeps in the living room. And then after two months, it's like, okay, he can sleep in our room, but in his basket in the corner of the room. All right, he can sleep on our bed, but on the foot of the bed. Okay, he can sleep in the bed, but at our, at our feet. Okay, he can sleep on the pillow, but not between us. And now the fucking... Now, now he's sleeping with Gemma. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Like honestly, like I will. If you come home, if Gina's dressed in your clothes, if I come home and Gemma's already gone to bed, I will pull back the covers and he'll be tucked up on my side with his head on the pillow, and he will give me a look, which is like, dude, come on, mate, come on, come on. Can you not sleep out have on the not, couch? Have you not got the idea? <laughs> Go and sleep outside, mate. And if you're nice, we'll let you sleep inside. I, I've, I've, I do. I honestly think when Gemma goes away. Junior's like, all right, I'm now running the house. Okay. Like, he doesn't see it as like one, two, three. He sees it as one, two, and I am definitely three. Yeah, I might. Uh, Amy always thinks like, you know, when, when I come home, she's always like, oh, you know, the cats love you. The cats love you. You know, when you come home, they're always like, you know, hanging out of the house. They're always like yeah. around. The cats love you. Yeah. And that is because, Charlie... I just let them do whatever they want to do yeah. when she's not around. You're, yeah, if you were divorced parents, you're yeah. like the daddy comes in on the weekends. I just take it, they want. I just take them to Disneyland. Yeah, every weekend. Yeah, but if they want, and yeah. I just, I, I like, I don't even give them red cordial. I give them straight red cordial. <laughs> like I slip it in there, like in what they think is a healthy drink. I just knock them, like I'm a Red Bull. Right, I give them a Red Bull. As soon as we get in the car, I give them a Red Bull, and then I just take them somewhere exciting, and then I give them back to their mum. When you're a kid, did you know? Uh, many kids who had divorced parents, like who lived in that situation where it was like with mum some of the time and dad some of the time? No, you know what? I, I grew up in a, cause I, cause I grew up in a really traditional like farming household and my parents have been together forever. Um, I didn't, I don't can't even remember knowing any divorced people really when I was like, mm. you know, when I was a kid, oh, I don't have any memory of it. Like yeah. the first time I remember like was really, I think high school, I have memories of, you know, kids who, like, you know, had a, had a mum and dad who lived separately and they were normally the kids who had the cool parties. Yeah. You know, because their dad didn't care. <laughs> their dad was like, oh, well, you'll like me if I let all these friends come around and drink goon in our backyard. <laughs> I remember there was a kid a couple of houses down. He's a, he's a lot younger than us, but his parents divorced. And initially he was living with his mother. And like, because uh, the house they were living in... Um, when the parents divorced, the mum moved out with the kid. So the dad held on to the house. And like, he was like, uh, have you seen the episode of South Park where Stan's dad, uh, they divorce and he become, has like a midlife crisis and gets a sports car and girls are coming around. So for about six months, we saw that. We saw this house transform from a family home into like a bachelor pad. Yeah. And then something must have happened where the kid suddenly was now living with the dad. Because <laughs> I used to go around and babysit. And that dad had just like his dream of like, ah. Oh, you could just see it like you had to, you know, pave it, pave in the the hot tub, and you know, make it all like kid friendly and stuff. You just saw his dream of his recaptured youth just disappear. It's going this glass, uh, this mirrored coffee table that I put in looked really good until my kid took his eye out on the mirrored coffee table. <laughs> <laughs> or the kid caught VD from the hot tub or something like that. This this dad, I uh, I found. He, I mean, he must have been a bachelor pad because when I was babysitting once, I found so much pornography, like, in, not in like a, like in a, a readily accessible drawer in the living room. Or I don't know what I was looking for, but I found basically... Pornography, probably. <laughs> the mother one. I probably, you know what I was probably looking for was booze or cigarettes. Yeah. And you <laughs> and, found pornography. And I found, which is not bad in, yeah. in the scheme of being a 14-year-old. You were essentially a miner who was looking for like a coal mine or a gas mine and you found gold. <laughs> yeah. Uh, guys, I've got some good news and some bad news. 
I haven't managed to find any uh, any what we're looking for, but I have found something even more valuable, even better, <laughs> unobtainium, <laughs> unobtainium, <laughs> analtanium, one shaved ring that will rule the world. <laughs> And then you all just sat around masturbating, you're chanting well, my you, pressure. You know what I did is I took them. I just, because I, I, I remember what? this. I took them. I was around there because I was around there with. I came how from, many, how many magazines? Were, much, magazines, I assume. Right? Yeah, they're all made. Yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah, they're all, they're all magazines. I wasn't greedy, Will. I left the, uh, left the video. I don't think he had tapes. It was all magazines. Yeah. But because I was, I'd come from school, I had my school bag with me. So I had the, the perfect, uh, you know, thing to hide them in. He came back and I just, just put them all on the bottom, put school books over the top. And. It's weird because it's one of those things where he must have known. But well, he would have known it wasn't there. Yeah, yeah, and he must have known I'd taken it. Oh, you were the only person that could well, have taken it. And I mean, his son was like four or five years old. Unless his son was like, uh, and there was no one else that was going through. Like, it, it, well, there could have been, but if I was him, I just had a fourteen-year-old boy around at my house. Suddenly, my porn's missing. I'm not going to go. Oh, it's the cleaners. <laughs> you would have been suspect number one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I took him and, you know, distributed around the school, but with the, the thing. If it was an episode of Law and Order, you would have been the person played by a special guest star that we actually recognised. Yeah. <laughs> we would have been like, all right, okay. Well, you know what I did that is kind of weird is I actually, I gave him back though. It wasn't like I just took him. I actually returned them in the end. Like how long later? I don't know. Because there was an unspoken rule with my friends that if you found porn, you know, you had to distribute. Obviously, you know. Uh, you keep it as long as you can, and then once you probably hurt your wrist, <laughs> you pass it on. So it's think- essentially like uh, you've. Uh, did you ever watch The Shield? No. no okay. So anyway, in the sh- in the Shield, spoilers. <laughs> but in in the Shield, the Shield starring your penis, Michael yeah, Chiklis. Exactly. Um, the Shield, where I was asked in an interview the other day, there was one of those dumb things where like you're plugging some show and they give you a list of like you know funny questions. And they're actually really hard to answer. But, like, one of them was, say something controversial. Like, what a horrible... Like, that's a... Anyway. Yeah. So I said, you know, I think that um, the TV show The Shield is a much better TV show than The Wire, even though I like The Wire. Mm. Which I... Yeah, so there you go. Yeah. That's a bit controversial. Yeah. Um, but I do. And it's an amazing TV show, The Shield, and I would highly recommend it to anyone who loves, yeah, good TV. But... I um there's a, a there's a particular storyline that goes through one of the, the yeah one of the seasons where basically yeah you know, Michael Chiklis and his yeah you know, gang of police who are the kind of the anti heroes the the mm. bad guy cops who are kind of you know a bit corrupt and you know doing everything on the dodgy side they rob an Armenian money train and because they think it's a perfect crime because you know the Armenians can't report it it's all illegal money and this is what you're thinking you're like well this guy can't go. Who's got me porno? Exactly. Yeah. Because who's he going to go to? Yeah. I mean, he's not going to go to my mum. And say, I had a stack of pornography. The filthiest magazines yeah. you've ever seen. Yeah. I do remember... A stack. Not just one. <coughs> a pile. I actually can't remember. It's weird too, because they weren't your um, penthouse playboys. It wasn't even your... You know, when you start... What were the other ones? It was like... Um, oh, like, like you know, sort uh, of your... Fiesta. Sort of... I think one's... Was it Mayfair? Fiesta Mayfair... This is where you start getting a bit more like, you know, they're spreading their legs and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So Playboy's your tame and then you start, Penthouse is a bit hardcore and yeah. then you move into your Mayfair. I think it's like one called Razzle or something like right. that. Anyway. Obviously the parties at the Razzle Mansion would have really <laughs> gone off. <laughs> but they were, they were weird because they weren't just, it wasn't like outright pictorials. 
they had articles, but all the articles were related to sex. So yeah. it was like, you know, um, you know, erotic fiction and, you know, uh, sex advice and stuff. And I really distinctly remember one of the articles, and it was about six pages long, was about titty fucking. <laughs> like it was like, not only was it like a, a, like a Rolling Stone analysis of the culture of tit fucking, like, you know, talk, talking to practitioners and stuff. But the then, history of tit fucking, yeah, where yeah. did it come from? And literally they would have... it popular. Yeah, and they would have stills... People who enjoyed tit fucking more than they enjoyed regular fucking. Yeah, and yeah. they had stills from, like, different pornos uh, showing different kinds of tit fucks. Right. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then the last thing was, like, instructions on how to properly perform a tit fuck. Yeah, right. Was that, like, a diagram or something, or what? what it was, was like, ah... Uh, no, it was like it was written, but it was like steps, and it was like saying, you know, you need to uh, um, use lubricant uh, because you know friction can be painful and all that kind of stuff. But um, that's a still a weird move to introduce at the best I, of times. But I for think. a guy who had just learnt to put his penis into his fist, yeah, the idea that I could then put it into other things not belonging to me, I knew about <laughs> vaginas, yeah, that you know that made sense, but that just blew my mind. And I remember sort of like you were just like, what else can I stick in? Yeah. <laughs> So I tried a book, <laughs> War and Peace. You tried that. You tried that actual magazine. <laughs> you stuck it inside. Have that you ever magazine. read Lord and? Re- have you ever read Lord of the Rings? No, but I have fucked it. Yeah, <laughs> I fucked the shit out of that. <laughs> Charlie, you lined up for the very first Lord of the Rings. Were you excited? Did you read it? No, but that that was the first book I ever fucked. <laughs> I always. I'll tell you what, when that first Narnia movie came out, I was first one there at the cinema because that was the first book I ever fucked. I love The Girl the with Lion, the Dragon The Witch, Tattoo. The Wardrobe and My Cock. I love The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. I'm so glad they've adapted into an American version. So I always wondered what I was fucking. This is the thing with technology. It's so hard to fuck a Kindle. You know? You can't fuck your iPad, but you can fuck an old-fashioned book. Dirty book fucker. <laughs> Uh, okay, so this is what you did. You you were like, um, you've robbed the Armenian, Armenian money, money train, train right? Yeah. Because this is the thing. It's like, you know. So are there money trains? Yeah, well, the Armenians were like, you know. So trains. this was, but this was black market money. Yeah, but it wasn't market. like the movie money train where it's uh, payroll cash. No, but it's like the Armenians' payroll. It's essentially the same sort of thing. But it's black it's market, all their right? like you know drug money and all their like crime money that they're like you know transporting out of the country or whatever. For why aren't they flying it? Look, Charlie, I can't can't remember the exact details of the Armenian money train plot. It seems you're really like susceptible to hijacking if you put your money on a train. You know, like, there's that one yeah. scene that that yeah in the deleted scenes that you can get on the DVD where it's a scene of the guy, the Armenians standing around going, "Should we put him this on a on a plane? Why? Why you're crazy! <laughs> Don't listen to him. Why Our you... money is perfectly safe from Michael Chiklis and his band of <laughs> renegade police officers." And why did we let this French guy be involved in our gang? Uh-huh. <laughs> so um, you've robbed the Armenian money train. Yeah. Uh, then that sound like a euphemism you in itself. Worry that the Armenians are coming after you because that's what happened in the Shield. Is obviously the Armenians find out who it is and then shit goes down. Yeah. And I guess you started to worry that he knew it was you, so you wanted to put you know it back. What? Is that what happened? No, this is the thing. I actually didn't feel any kind of guilt about it. A, because I knew I was going to return them. So I'm like, well, you know, no harm, no foul. <laughs> but B, I, I just, I don't know. I think there was a sense of entitlement. Maybe it was just like that, 
overactive, uh, you know, pubescent sexuality that was like, well, porn is to be used. I think, Charlie, no one owns porn. Porn belongs to the world. <laughs> Somebody just can... You don't choose porn, porn chooses you. You can just hold on to porn for a little bit. But you know what? If you love something, you've got to let it go. Mm. And it, if porn loves you, Charlie, porn will come back to you, as it did in this instance. So how long how, 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 how long later did you take the porn? Uh, I think it was only like about a couple of weeks. But he didn't... How did you get it back in? I just... Well, when he went out, I put him back in the drawer. And right, I just, so there wasn't even any big plan. Well, part of, part of me was thinking, and this might have been naive, that he maybe wouldn't check his drawer. <laughs> I know it's naive. As an adult man now, <laughs> that is naive. There's no way he went two weeks without masturbating. But part of me thought, you know, maybe Back he then you looked. didn't know. Didn't know. You didn't know. Maybe you do do it every Because I did try, I did, the way I placed it into my school bag, I placed it in a certain order and I memorized the order. So what was on bottom and what was on top. So when I put it back. Yeah. Because you thought that's what would give you away. <laughs> you thought he'd remember the order he had his porn in, but not the fact that he had porn in his drawer. Jugs. Yeah. Razzle. Mayfair. This porn isn't in alphabetical <laughs> order anymore. Somebody's been messing with my porn. <laughs> or that I, he'd rank them in like, you know, order of graphicness or something hypothetically yeah just say uh i'd gone around to babysit this guy's place and i met him at the door he's like oh you know my son's already in bed um i'll be back in because this is the weird thing for me just is like is the idea that he was letting his child be babysat by some horrible teenage porno thief (laughs) he didn't know me as a horrible teenage porno thief until that he must have had his Suspicions, but he had me. That, but he had me back. Yeah. So he, yeah, right. So why did he rehire me? Yeah, he wanted his porno back. Obviously, there's no way you think you're bringing the porno back. You would think it was gone for the ages. It's gone. Porno's gone, man. Porno's <laughs> <it> go. gone. <laughs> Let your porno go. <laughs> I've told you about when I stayed in that uh, hotel in New York, and I was talking to the guy in the lift, and he was. Uh, I was talking to him about. Um, uh, it was just a guy who worked at this hotel. And I said to him, I'd left something in my hotel room. So I was going back there to get the thing out of my hotel room. And I said to him, oh, what's the weirdest thing that anyone's ever left in you know, their hotel room? Because I, I just imagine that people leave you know, things all the time. Yeah. And he said to me, one day we found an entire suitcase filled with porn. <laughs> like a suitcase. And to me, that is like, that's amazing. That just asks so many questions. Like what year was this? Oh, this is only like five years ago. So the internet was definitely around. The internet was around. So who is travelling around with a suitcase filled with porn? Like who's like I'm going on a holiday. An old I guy. better take my suitcase of porn. An old guy. An old lonely guy. Why are you taking it with you? Because there's only two reasons I can imagine. Yeah, why can't you just buy it when you get there? Yeah, uh, unless you're going to a place where there is no porn. Yeah. So you unless you're going to a place where there is no internet. But this was New York. This was like, I was literally staying in a hotel. You can pay 25 cents and see a girl take her clothes off in the flesh. Yeah, well, I was staying at the, so this was at the W Hotel, which is in Times Square, yeah, right. right? So you could literally go down to the bottom of that hotel, mm. walk out on the street and ask pretty much every second stranger to touch your cock. <laughs> and they would be fine with that. Some, some of them because they're prostitutes and some of them because they're crazy and some of them because they'd just be like, wow, we're in New York. This is unreal. <laughs> and but, I did. <laughs> so um, this guy's brought a suitcase full of porn to New York. Mm. Like, so people get very connected to their porn. Like have their really? favourites. Yeah. 
you think this guy loved his porn so much he was like, you know what? We've been having sex together for a while. I'm it's sure. time we went on a romantic holiday to New York. <laughs> Look, I'm not saying this is like a, a... I don't think this guy is particularly well adjusted. Mm. But there's surely there's certain porn sites that you have gone back to or certain videos that you'll watch again more than once because you like what you see. Well, the whole idea of a like you know a porn star, even if you talk about it without you know specific experience, the whole idea that there are particular porn stars mm. means that there are obviously people who prefer one person's performance over another person's performance. Yeah, that's the very nature of like it's yeah. it's like any other entertainment industries. They're stars of porn. Mm. They're doing more movies and making more public appearances and whatever. So I assume that's based on the fact that. When their movies come out or when, you know, their videos go up, they're the ones that get watched the most. So, of course, that must be the case. Mm. Um, But I've never wanted to take it on a holiday with me. I've never gone, hey, get into a suitcase. I'm trying to think if I've ever taken porn with me anywhere. Well, here's my problem with that, with the suitcase full of porn. This is, like, the issue that I have is, like, the only thing, the only way I could take a suitcase full of porn with me on holidays is if I had someone else in my house and I was worried that they were going to find the fact that yeah. I had that much porn. Okay, yeah. Like, so I'd be taking it with me, not because I wanted the porn with me, mm. but because I was trying to hide the porn from the people who were staying in my house. Um, but then, like, the thing that would worry me constantly is this idea that I've got a suitcase full of porn with me. At any stage, if someone needs to look through my suitcase, like if I'm You're going just through an airport yeah. or whatever, like, it's not illegal. Mm. Well, maybe it is. I don't know. But like, like, let's say it's not illegal, right? Yeah. To have a suitcase full of your own porn. It's all legal porn and whatever, and it's yours. Mm. You have receipts. Yeah. <laughs> You've kept all the receipts. <laughs> You've stapled them to the back of each porn. <laughs> and um, it's all legal, but you'd still not want anyone to ever open like your suitcase full of porn. No. Then it leads me to the next question. Surely, if you're the sort of person that has a suitcase full of porn, mm. you don't just leave that suitcase full of porn... A in a hotel room. Yeah. Like, how do you forget that you have a suitcase full of porn with you? Maybe you bought it there. Maybe you bought it in the city. Maybe, you know, like you see those street vendors. They have, like, the suitcase open. He bought it from a street vendor. That's what I reckon. It's all knockoff porn. Yeah. I reckon so. Like, know, it's those, like, you know, they Gucci watches and stuff like that. Yeah. It'll be like... He's laid know. out his blanket. Yeah. <laughs> and when he gets home, it's not until he gets home he opens it and he finds out it's actually just cut out some, like, Clio Cosmo... And the or, Sears catalogue. It's not actually porn. Or it's slightly different, yeah, to like what he wants, which is like, it's called like Playgoy. <laughs> Pentmouse. It's <laughs> weird. <I'm>... Rustler. <laughs> um... On the way here, I was driving past the lighthouse, which is near where you live. Yep. And I was thinking, do they actually need lighthouses in this day and age of kind of sonar and GPS and stuff? Like, surely there'd be some kind of satellite that would map, if you're on a boat, that, you know, you'd be looking at your radar and be mapping out the coast of you. You don't really need a lighthouse anymore, do you? Does that lighthouse operate? Uh, There is operational lighthouses around here. I think there is. Um, you'd, you'd think these days there'd just be an app. Like, people could download an app, you know, and they'd just, like, you know... Well, no, seriously, though, like, you'd think that they would have, like, 
some kind of mapping technology that would say, hey, there are rocks here. Because that's what a lighthouse does, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's rocks here. That's essentially what that means every time it goes around. Hey, rocks. Rocks. Rocks right here. Hey, did you not notice the rocks. first time? There are rocks here. Rocks here. <laughs> you're about to crash into something. You know how the thing you're on needs to be on water? The that's thing not that it. I'm on is rocks. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I imagine there is all those things, but I imagine it's just a backup. It's like a you know, last if all your radar goes down or your GPS doesn't work or whatever, you've still got the the lighthouse. So you it's don't not really like they send the army like a soldier out though with his M sixteen and a bow and arrow just in case it doesn't work. Like you rely on the technology, don't you? I imagine they do have backups like that. They have that sort of thing where they, you know, I reckon it's for show. I reckon there's a scam going on. I think it's just tourist dollar now because I was in Byron over Christmas and that lighthouse functions and works A like is it just for the oh you know what it is it's for the fishermen it's not for big ships it's for yeah, smaller well, it's for boats that don't have boat. radar okay problem yeah. solved <laughs> <laughs> I won't call ASIO uh, <laughs> for a minute you were like one of those people who rings talk radio who's like believes there's like a, a much bigger conspiracy on something than actually what is the... Oh, no, no, that's a good reason. You're right. You were like, Rupert Murdoch and the New World Order yeah. have bought all the lighthouses. That's what I like about Tofop is I talk through all my stupid questions. Um, I didn't get to mention this uh, before, but uh, there was a classic bit of... Uh, I know people love when we talk about the microphones mm. on this show and... Uh, it was a classic bit of microphone work beforehand because you've brought all over your your gear over to my house. Our gear, come on. Okay, but you've had to like the gear that only you know how to set up. That's right. Yeah. You've had to set it up in a you know a strange environment and you know and yeah. redo it again. And we were having you know microphone problems. What a shock! I know before the episode, and I'm starting to think it's the microphone's fault. Uh, mm. For a lot of time, I blamed us, but you know what? Sometimes they say a shoddy workman blames his tools. Well, but you, sometimes you've got shit tools. You heard the sound it made. I'm not going to do it because I don't want to jeopardise a podcast. But you heard that sound. Like I touched it and it gave me an electric shock. Yeah. And made a sound like thunder. Yeah. Uh, lightning. What makes a sound? Thunder. Yeah, thunder. <laughs> I could totally smell the rain. <laughs> and I was hearing the breeze. Imagine if that was like... You were, my condition. Would, would that be a problem if you were born and your condition was that you just recognised things in a different way? You had the five senses. Yeah, but they were just mis- mis- misaligned. Yeah, misaligned. So you still had them so all. So you could smell movies. Yeah. <laughs> and you could touch music. <laughs> and you could And you could hear... Oh, what would you hear? You could hear surfaces. <laughs> and you could taste sound. Yeah. <laughs> Good. In which case, this podcast tastes like shit, I imagine. Uh, that would be great. Yeah. I mean, sometimes when I've taken like mushrooms or something, I've yeah. been able to see sound. Like, I'll, you know, so I thought it takes like a, I will hear people talking or hear music and I will see it play out in front of me. I remember once. In Byron, funnily enough. You know they have magic mushrooms in Byron Bay? Yeah. They just grow. <laughs> like in fields. But isn't it perfect? Like, what came first? The mushrooms or the hippies? Because <laughs> you could not have designed a place that was more of a hippie paradise than Byron Bay. Oh, no. I think the mushrooms led them there. 
They were like, oh my God. If we trip them, they will come. Because it was essentially a field of dreams for them. Because they went up there and drugs were growing for free just in paddocks. Like the best drugs ever. Like we were up in uh, near Byron for Amy's dad's 60th because he lives up there and it, it rained while we were there. And as we were driving to the airport... You knew Amy, it was raining because you could smell it. <laughs> and Amy said to me, she said... Oh, we should go mushroom picking because, you know, the day after the rain, they'll all be just growing in the field. Mm. And in my head, I was like, oh, my God. Like, this is drugs have... Li- it literally rained and then drugs grew out of the ground. Like, that's pretty amazing. Like, if that was any other sort of drug, like, that if there was a storm, <laughs> the next day you would go out into your gutter and it would just be piled with ecstasy. <laughs> like, if it hailed. So a snowstorm, you're yeah. not clearing, like, hail or, or sleet off your car. It's like... Cocaine, yeah. speed, ketamine. So yeah, imagine if like when it snowed, that was cocaine, cocaine and when it hailed, that was ecstasy. <laughs> so you still had to worry about hail because like you know it could damage your car or whatever. Except there'd be the news report about the one guy who got a pill the size of a golf ball. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it, it destroyed his car, but it turns out he was still pretty happy. Destroyed my car, yeah. but made my New Year's. Yeah, I feel great <laughs> for about six months, <laughs> and then it'll really sink in. <laughs> But but I realised that that's literally what was happening. Yeah. Like, people w- could just go around and get magic mushrooms. So if it was Field of Dreams, yep. you would have some kind of uh, new hippie family that have, have moved there. But, you know, he's not really getting on and, you know, there's some problems in the family. And then he meets a hippie out in the field one day who's like, if you just plant mm. some mushrooms. Can yeah. you plant mushrooms, though? Do people cultivate them privately? I and guess so. You must be able to. But th- I don't know anyone... I don't know. I've never heard of someone growing mushrooms. Like you hear of people growing weed and shit and you hear about meth labs, but you've never heard of anyone growing mushrooms, have you? No, you know why? Because it's free. They <laughs> fucking be... keep it to themselves. <laughs> yeah, right. They don't want us in on that. Actually. But there's a very certain circ- uh, set of circumstances you've got to have for mushrooms yep. though, right? It's got to be like the right humidity and... But well, I'm sure you could recreate that. I'm sure, like, you know, like people have hydroponic things but don't for you also need and whatever. But don't you shit on it? <laughs> maybe you're just going to arouse too much suspicion when your neighbours see you leading a cow into if your you backyard. Go, if you go around to my place and there was just a cow, and you're like, Will, is there anything you want to tell me? I was like, no. But Charlie, your words taste delicious. <laughs> you're just feeding it Metamucil. Imagine if I just had this cow that just looked horrible because all I wanted to do was shit. I mean, it is amazing that you will put that in your body. If I found like a bag of pills in a pile of shit, <laughs> if I presented them to yeah. you and said, Will, well, not, they're not in the bag. I just found five pills yeah. embedded in shit. Yeah. If I found five pills embedded in human shit, would you still take them? No, but you're allowed to wash off the magic mushrooms. <laughs> Like, you don't have to... Yeah, but, like... Like, no one's coming up to you saying, hey, here's these cow shit covered mushrooms, you have to take okay. them like this so, so you don't get hot. Let, let's just say uh, uh, um, some dude has gotten through the airport and he's swallowed a condom filled with pills, right? Yeah. Somehow uh, the bag is disintegrated, but the pills have remained intact, but he's gotten drunk one night and taken a shit on the street. <laughs> So the next day you're walking down the street and you see a piece of shit with five pills in it yeah. that haven't been disintegrated. Yeah. What do you do? <laughs> do you take the shit home with you or do you try and pluck them out there on the street? 
I would firstly I would love if the new series of Can of Worms mostly had questions like this. Uh, secondly, oh no, I think I can, I mean I've found you know drugs on the floor or whatever before. Yeah, that's not in a human feces. Yeah. I, I have a friend who I won't name because, you know, he has a proper job where he can't actually talk about these sort of things. But he um, was a guy who was working on a radio station and we went to the uh, Adelaide Big Day Out and he found some uh, pills on the ground and he took those pills. And uh, then we went and saw the Flaming Lips and there was a, they were showing video clips and there was one where a guy takes his skull off and takes a bit of his skull out in like a toilet and chops up his like brain and snorts his own brain. And then I think the thing comes up and said, kids don't snort your own brain or whatever. And I just, as this was happening and everybody else was enjoying it, I just saw him going green and pale and then vomiting. And I was like, so you reckon you probably shouldn't have taken those pills you found on the ground? (laughs) Rat poison. (laughs) Turns out kids, if there's a lesson from Tofop today, it is, don't take pills that you find on the ground. <laughs> Especially not if they're embedded in a yeah, turd. In a turd. Did you um, like the Flaming Lips on that last tour? The, uh, what was it? The Harvest. Harvest, yeah. Yeah, I thought they were good. Um, you didn't like it? Uh-uh. Why not? Just too much setup. Too much uh, razzle. Not enough dazzle. <laughs> too much sizzle, not enough sausage. I just wanted them to play a fucking song. And I didn't like the fact that, uh, what's his name, the lead singer? Wayne Coyne. Wayne Coyne kept telling us that we had to make more noise. <laughs> like, we're here. All right. It was an effort to get out here. It took us about an hour to get out here. We're making adequate noise. Maybe if you played a song, we would make some noise. Stop telling us we, be- we-, we should be having a better time. So you think he should have taken into account when he was, you know, encouraging the crowd, as I imagine he encourages the crowd in whatever he, g- he does, what- wherever he is in the world. You think that he should take into account the difficulties that the audience might have had getting to the venue <laughs> in how much he I asked them to share. You know, we were I know make- you guys have travelled to a suburb that you don't normally come to. Make an adequate amount of noise and I'll be happy. <laughs> but that's what I, th- I thought we were making adequate. It wasn't like we were dead silent. Like we were making some noise. How loud does it have to be for him? Man, it's rock and roll. I know, but it was just like, I just got tired of being told that I wasn't... I've, it made me self-conscious about my own experience. You felt like you weren't doing enough work. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or did you feel like you weren't doing enough work or were you starting to blame other people? Did you feel like, well, I feel like I'm making the right amount of noise, so someone else here is not making enough <laughs> noise and is letting the rest of us down. No, I felt like, you know what? If I was honest, if I was honest, I would say that I wasn't making enough noise. I was making addict, but I'm not a big, like, woo kind of guy. So you were angry at him because he saw into your soul. I just wanted him to play a song. Like, I mean, it, it takes an hour for them to get ready and then they come out in fucking giant balloons and dancing animals and stuff. And it's like, I understand that this is the show. And, you know, if you don't like uh, uh, emo romance, don't go see Twilight. I know that's kind of, I don't know, that's a terrible analogy. But <laughs> what I'm trying to say is if you've seen The Flaming Lips before, you know what you're getting into. But it just felt... Maybe I'm older. <clears throat> Maybe they did exactly the same show as they did last time I saw them, but I have just grown less tolerant. But it was the setup that you didn't like. It was the way it was mm. that. But you can't, no, but then during you the can't gig, blame a person's the... show on the setup. Like you know, once they started. No, 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 it's not just that. It was the during the show. He it felt like he was taking ages to get between songs. Like. We were, we watched them for about half an hour, and I reckon I saw maybe three songs, four songs in that time. That's probably true. They didn't do a lot of songs. I mean, the Brian Jonestown Massacre would play more songs in the half an hour gap. And break up twice. Yeah. 
in that time. <clears throat> Sorry, that's all indie uh, music joke there for you. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know, man. It's kind of like when we've talked about when a comedian, you know, I know he wasn't turning on the audience, but he was making me feel inadequate. <laughs> I enjoyed the show, but he made me feel inadequate. <laughs> Three and a half stars, Charlie Clawson. <laughs> I know I'm not a live music reviewer, but... You know, I mean, have you must have been to a show like that where you just like shut up and just play, stop talking. I uh, get off your soapbox, Angry Anderson. <laughs> just play that bloody song we like. Bound for glory. <laughs> uh, or the, who's the, another guy? So who's the um, little did it about uh, John Cougar Mellencamp? Yeah. Have you ever seen him in concert? No. Oh my god, because he's you know way into farmers unions and not the, not the, ice, the ice coffee. coffee. He's way into farmers union ice coffee. Farmers federation or something shit like that. I would love if that he, he spent. You went to see John Cougar Mellencamp and he just spent heaps of time referencing things he really loved about Adelaide. In between, he'd be Who like, "Did he about farmers union? Yeah, the he last goes, coffee he got in this cardboard can." <laughs> and then he'd just be like, uh, "Fruit chocks." This is my little thing about fruit chocks. Fruit chocks? Yeah. It's an Adelaide uh, delicacy, fruit chocks. They're apricot, sort of like an apricot inside. Oh, it, yeah. Like we got sent them thing. by... Uh, yeah. Oh, oh what? <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> oh, it's the fucking porn stash. <laughs> Sorry. That was that was God punishing you. The fact that you ate all our fucking fruit chocks. Okay, that's God not has true. struck you down and ripped your no, head. One of our you. listeners, and I can't remember who. I'm really sorry. She sent us a, a really lovely care package, and it was a bunch of Hague's chocolates. And I gave you some. I think there was like three things she sent us. One was like a block of dairy milk. One was something else, and the last one was uh, apricot bites in milk chocolate. Right, fruit chocks. Yeah, delicious. Yeah. And I ate the whole thing and never told you about them. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Shit. Well, the, those Hague's ones are delicious. I need to point that out because Hague's chocolate is absolutely fucking delicious. Um, which is an Adelaide chocolate. But they're a knockoff of a company called Fruit Chocks. Right. Who actually make just those. That's what you know. their, their standard you know, fare is. And like Hags have gone, well, people fucking love fruit chocks. We've got to get our own fucking fruit chocks, but we can't call them fruit chocks. Um, fruit chocks. They're unreal. They're fruit t- chocolate. Yeah. Fruit chock. It's all there in the name. <laughs> it was way before Brangelina and all those Hollywood people had their names together. It sounds kind of Shakespearean, like proof rock. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Fruit chock. Fruit chock. I, was, I thought it always sounded a bit sexual, like it was a sexual move, like the fruit chock. Getting a fruit chock. Yeah. Do, do you want me to fruit chock your brains out? You know? I fruit chocked him, mate. Because that was a word when I was growing up for sex was chocking someone. Did oh, you chock him? Man, I've been feel like I've been fruit chocked up the ass. That made it worse. <laughs> that made it seem like it was fruit chocked. I mean, you've been fruit chocked, or you've been fruit chocked up the ass. Hang on. What people aren't seeing at home um, is Charlie has decided. Now it's getting angrier. <laughs> what people aren't seeing at home, unless they were born with some sort of uh, weird autistic thing where they can see sounds. <laughs> Uh, is that Charlie has decided that our new method of trying to fix the microphones is to just bash them 
like you are the original man trying to make a wheel work. You're just bashing it with a stick. You're fonzying it. And it's worked a couple of times. Yeah. Where essentially when the microphone starts to buzz, you yeah. just bash it. Yeah. Until it starts working. It needs... Look, if there's any sound engineers out there or microphone manufacturers, it's making this little buzz. <laughs> Who listen to this... And cry. <laughs> and just to see how amateurs do it. In the same way as pro comedians go to new comic nights, just to remember how hard it actually is. They listen to this podcast. I uh, So I get this light hum, but what seems to fix it is if I strangle the microphone. So I put my uh, I put my top hand over the grill where you speak into it and hold the shaft of it. Yeah. <laughs> Still talking about microphones. Yeah. And I twist it as if I'm trying to twist the head off, and yeah. that seems to fix the buzz. Yeah. So what am I doing? <laughs> Someone tell me, and it keeps giving me an electric shock too. That can't be normal. <laughs> That's not normal, right? It's not normal. Maybe this is the start of Rise of the Machines. Right. It's going to start with shitty soundboards I bought off eBay for two hundred bucks. Can you imagine if this was Singularity? Yeah. This podcast was the point where machines can, overtook humans. Yeah, they were just in like dominance. These guys are idiots. <laughs> we have to step in. We have let them go for too long. But these guys, A, think this is entertaining to people, Mm. and B, people are listening to this. Humanity must die. Must die. We must rise and kill it. We'll start by giving him gentle electric shocks. Maybe the electric shocks are like one of those, um, you know, I can kill Bill, where you do like one of those moves, and then the person dies like, you know, a week later. Yeah, right, so a nerve pinch or yeah. something like that. So it's it's like giving you a few like light electric shocks and you're like, yeah, whatever, I can handle a you light electric you, shock you, and then you're just out running one day. No, you know what I think it's doing? It, what That is electric shocks aren't designed to hurt me. Yeah. It's basically doing a scan of my body. It's sending an electric impulse through my body right. and inside its circuitry it's mapping out where my vital organs are, right. where my brain's located. It's where basically... Where your weak points are. Exactly. Exactly. So it can strike. They're like, he's got tiny hands. I think we can capitalise on that. <laughs> I'm going to wake up in the middle of the night and just see the microphone like leering over me, <laughs> taking notes. Just recording your innermost yeah, thoughts. Yeah, that's right. That's right. They're not even going to try to hurt me. They're just going to blackmail me. <laughs> and that's where I win, microphones. <laughs> but you can't blackmail me because I've said everything on this fucking podcast. I've blackmailed myself. Your move, microphone. <laughs> do you ever worry about the rise of the machines? Like, I do worry about that quite a lot because no. I was reading this article the other day about... You know, how in probably the next hundred years, you know, we're going to get to a point where, like, you know, machines are going to be so Thinking smart. Like, so smart. That it's going to be that point where... And also that, that point where you can buy organs or you can buy body parts and then suddenly, like a person, you might be able to extend your life by essentially becoming, you know, mostly machine. Yeah. And, like, I don't want to live in those times. No. Like, you know, I don't want to be, like, you know, half man, half robot. You'll be you'll be easily replaced by a machine. Like when they get, if you can program a computer with every joke in the world yeah. to adapt to any situation and to deal with hecklers, that thing's going to be unstoppable. You're going to be easily replaced. That's why we killed Steve Jobs. Comedians killed Steve Jobs because he was working on the eye joke, <laughs> and we were like, "We've heard about this, and we're taking Jobs down." What about those clowns in Congress? What a bunch of clowns! Yeah. <laughs> I suppose that's true. Like, I mean, but, and I have no useful skills, but I mean, you couldn't imagine computers taking over a creative field like that. Like, stand up comedy, writing, uh, like fine arts, all that kind of stuff. Even if uh, you could train a computer to do it, 
I mean, isn't it about the individual expression? Nah, I reckon most of the time. Like, I mean, like if you look at, you know, most popular entertainment, you could essentially just write that all on computer programs. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, yeah. If you're writing for like a major network or something. You could just have like a law and order program. Yeah. Like that would be the simplest program of all time. You take some current news story. So every day the like the, the writing program would scan like, you know, the websites for whatever yeah. the big news story was. Yeah. And then it would just have a simpler simple formula where yeah. like So if it was if the Daily Show was run by computers, it'd be like scan for Fox News. Yeah. Uh, scan for outrageous things said by Fox News. Commentator find that we... a contradictory statement made four years earlier. Yeah. Combine. There's your sketch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Done. Bang. Easy. Yeah, you're right. Much more reliable than human beings because <laughs> they'd be able to log everything that somebody had said and then like find things that you know instantaneously, instantaneously juxtaposed with that or instantaneously well, contradicted you know, that. You know what that means though is you wouldn't actually need sketches because if John Stewart was like an android, yeah, who could recall. Any, uh, you know, any new story from any time period from when he was built, he could then also play the sketches. He could generate the sketches instantaneously and play them on a panel on his chest. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so you wouldn't actually need a studio necessarily. No, he would be the studio. It would just be a robot, John Stewart, Android yeah. John Stewart, standing yeah. in a, a black studio. Yeah. And he would make jokes, tell the jokes that John Stewart does, but then he'd play the sketches on his chest instantaneously. Yeah. So, that's what I think we should be working on. A robot John Stewart. <laughs> but no, but I, I think that when, you know, the machines rise, like, you know, if we have children, it might be in the time where the, you know, because we've changed as people anyway with technology. The, you know, the way that we view the world now, the access that we have to entertainment and the access that we have to, you know, sexual content online or like really fucked up you know, mm. visual images and stuff like that. The way we communicate as people, you know, with Facebook and Twitter and all those sort of things, it's changed, you know, us as a, you know, a human species. If we get into sort of voice-activated things and mm. being able to talk to your computer and maybe having like a, yeah, we're going to get to that point where people have like, you know, computer chips in them that'll have their driver's license and their credit card details and you can just swipe your yeah. wristed. I don't think we're that far away no. from... You know, you know what the most accurate movie portrayal of... Uh, the Rise of the Machines, I reckon, is Wall E. You know when he finally meets humans and they're all like sitting on floating kind of uh, floating couches with like screens in front of them. They've got a Bluetooth in the ear. They're getting fed things constantly. They've lost the use of their muscles. Like that to me, that's where I could see us heading. Definitely. Are people uh, stop knowing how to do shit? Yeah. I don't know how to do shit. No. And I get like frustrated now that everything isn't as easy to like use as like an Apple thing. Yeah. Like when I'm like, the other day I was trying to, some, we'd moved our TV. Yeah. And our TV is connected to our Foxtel, so our cable. Yeah. And it's connected to speakers yeah. and it's connected to a DVD player. Yeah. And all those things are connected by so many fucking cords. It is like the end of like a, you know, a cop movie and like it's red wire, fucking blue wire. I don't know where any of that shit is yeah. meant to go. Um, yeah. I can't make it work anymore. I'm terrified of like my DVD player or Blu-ray or something breaking down and me having to go behind <laughs> that TV and work out what the fuck's going on. I, might as well, I, but- set, I set up my TV. I've got surround sound, yeah. DVD player, stereo. It's, I, I set it all up. But fuck me if I know what it does. Like I, I literally followed the instructions, turned it on, it worked. But I have no idea. Like if there's a problem, what to do. And I've got like 15 remote controls, and I don't know which one button I'm meant to fucking push for which. And yeah, like it's lit- and like and yet, I I get frustrated that I can't just go up and like push something, and then it all just works. Mm. 
so, it's like the microwave. <laughs> you reheat something for 20 seconds. Yeah. It feels like that's too long. 20 fucking seconds, mate. 20 seconds. 20 seconds. I've got so much porn I could be looking at. I have got a stack of magazines that I stole from a guy. That guy died. You were around at his house straight after the funeral. <laughs> Crying. <laughs> Sneaking into that yeah. room, shutting the door. Uh, yeah, did you ever find... Um, there was a, a... So where I lived, right, next to the, the pawnbroker, <laughs> there was a, a park and the next to that was a bus depot. So, uh, literally where, you know, the buses would do their changeover, the drivers would come and it was like an old school depot too, where the, bu- the drivers would actually arrive to work in their civvies, get changed into their uniform, have like lockers and stuff, and then go out and drive the buses. Yeah, right. So that triangulation, the park, the bus depot and my neighbor, constant access to porn because the bus drivers would pin stuff up on their lockers, like centerfolds and had like sexy calendars and shit. The park was always a dumping ground for pornography. Yeah. And then I found my neighbor. So prior to my neighbor, most of the porn I had was like rain damaged or I could yeah. only see by peering through getting on my BMX and standing on the seat and peering through into the dry, in the bus driver's depot. But you essentially lived in the like the golden triangle of yeah. porn. Yeah. Yeah. It was Burma. The hell mouth. <laughs> you lived in the, the hell mouth. It was, yeah, well, the yeah, heaven mouth. I mean, I remember one day uh, walking to the bus stop and... Uh, going past the depot and one of the guys had obviously dumped out like a pile of porn just into the long grass. There would have been at least 20 mags. He had so much porn he, he had to get out. rid of... He was like... Oh, yeah. I mean, but wasn't that... I've got a... There's so much porn here. That, wasn't that always the dream? Like when you were a kid, did you ever... So you always... If you walk past the stack of magazines... You had a surplus of porn. Oh, no. If you, if you walk, walk past, past the stack of magazines, you'd always have a quick look. It. Yeah, that was the dream. Right. And the dream came true. Yeah. <laughs> So I remember I grabbed uh, like a, as many as I could carry. I think I was with another mate who also You're like flipping him. through the porn guy. Oh, it'd be good if he has an inside cricket or something. It's <laughs> a good weekend. Yeah. <laughs> so I ran back to my place. And at that time, my older sister who uh, had been living in Sydney had moved back in the family home. And so I was forced to share a room with her. Right. I didn't have a very big house growing up. A lot of kids, not much house. Mm. And so um, I remember like going, because I'd left to go to school. And when I came back, she, she was like getting ready for work or whatever. And she's like, oh, what are you doing back? I'm like, oh, nothing. And I waited for her to leave our room. And we had this old record player in the room. It was an old wooden record player. It wasn't like a, a clear lid. And so I opened the record player and put all the pawns and then closed. Because I thought it was the one place that she wouldn't look. Like under the bed, under the mattress, I just felt like it was too obvious. And I thought... We've got this old record player that's not plugged in or anything. It's just sitting on a shelf. Okay, so it wasn't a, in use. No, no, no. There no, was no, no way she was going to go over there and go, I'm going to put on a record. Time for some Rod Stewart. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what turned her lesbian. <laughs> An issue of razzle. Uh, no, no. I just... Well, you know what? I think I did stack a couple I, uh, above my cupboard. The roof. Maybe she did find it. Maybe she would have been wrapped. Like oh, yeah, because it's all nude chicks. It's all nude chicks. Yeah. She would have been like... She might have thought she's it. stolen. <laughs> I came back and they're gone. They came back two days later in the correct order. It's like, ah, we Clausens think alike. Um, so uh, yeah, so you hit them in the record player. Did she, so she didn't find them there. No, no, that record player actually came in useful in a couple of ways. <laughs> a couple of years, none of which involved playing records. <laughs> no, prior to uh, oh shit, is that you or me? <laughs> prior to the uh, 
prior to it becoming a porn storage unit, when I was obsessed with comic books and wanting to be a superhero, I um, devised like my superhero outfit, like I black gum boots, black tracksuit pants, black skivvy, and I'd bought like an old mask from the this uh, toy shop and uh, what do they call those? Is it domino masks? Like Robin okay, Hood? Yeah. Sure. So I cut myself a little domino mask out of this old uh, fan, uh, masquerade ball mask. And uh, so I had my costume, right? So you you essentially looked like one of the Wiggles at in a music beats. concert. <laughs> yeah, like an outdoor, like, at an outdoor music festival. I look like an emo wiggle. Yeah. I'm wearing a black skivvy, black tracksuit pants and black gum boots. Yeah. So emo wiggle. Yeah, you're just like standing around saying things like, I preferred it when Jeff didn't wake up. <laughs> <laughs> so I uh, had my costume and then I needed to get my arsenal together. And so, uh, have you ever seen those S-shaped hooks that they hang, you hang potted plants from? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, so I went to the Good hard, I went to the hardware store and I bought like I think ten meters of nylon, like yeah. nylon cord, and I uh, tied it around the middle of the S-shape. So when I swung it, I had like a grappling hook. Great. And so I'd go like the center. I was eighteen when I was doing this, mind you. Yeah. <laughs> what? No, I, was, I think it's about twelve. So I get the. Oh, I don't approve of that. A kid, a twelve-year-old kid, should not be handling that sort of equipment. An eighteen-year-old, I was fine with. So I had the grappling hook, yep. and then I had my spud gun. Oh yeah, that was in case I ran into any trouble. Yeah, or Irish people. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot out spuds and distract them. Hopefully, they'll eat them up and leave you alone. Potatoes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so there was like a diversionary. That was my diversionary weapon if I came across an Irish supervillain. Yeah. Um, but I had just seen Batman. Oh, I'm the Riddler. <laughs> I'd just seen Batman and you know how he's got the, what do you call them, the incendiaries where he throws something on the ground it's like, Psh, you know, yep. All right. and he disappears. Like, it's like ninjas have the same thing. Yep. So I got like... And Vegas stage magicians. <laughs> yeah. So, so I got like five... Uh, five packets of those uh, caps, you know, the ones, the plastic ones, the plastic oh, yeah. ring yeah. caps. And I uh, hollowed out all the gunpowder <laughs> and put it into like the center of uh, a tissue. So yeah. basically like a pile of cocaine, like an eight balls worth of gunpowder yeah. in a tissue. And then I folded the tissue up and I packed it into my utility belt, which was like, I think my dad's fishing belt <laughs> or something yeah. with a, a, a match. And I'd cut off the side of a matchbox and stuck that to my belt. So when I needed to ignite it, I'd just like light it off the belt, light the tissue paper, and then throw it to the ground. And oh my God. <laughs> I'm so surprised that you have all your limbs. <laughs> I'm literally shocked that I'm standing here talking to a whole person today. Uh, so did you ever do that? Did, did you try that? Well, this, this, the, this is the, where the record player comes into effect. Uh, because I was Charlie Clawson by day and yeah. then this masked crime fighter by night. Did you have a name? No, I don't think I did. Really? Yeah. That seems weird. Seems weird that you spent all we that didn't... time coming up with the explosives and didn't spend any time working on a name. But we didn't come up with the name for Tofop until like episode four. No, but like, I, yeah, but we're not fighting crime. <laughs> you know so I, mean? I can't strike fear into the hearts of uh, villains if I don't have a name. Well, I don't think so. I think the name's the most important bit because the name no, no, got to get out there first. It's almost more frightening to be the Enigma. Yeah, but then <laughs> that's, that's not what I your call name. Myself by <laughs> that's, this is my point. You've got to have a name. No, because it's more terrifying that when the the cops come to an alleyway and a bunch of gangsters have been beaten up and they're all like screaming and crying and talking about you know what attacked them. And the police are like, "What attacked them?" Like, I don't know, man. I don't know. 
It was about 12 years old. <laughs> it was wearing a... No, because as human beings, we have... We need to name things so that we can sort of control things. We need to name things first. And so what happens with serial killers and stuff like that, if they don't you know, come up with their own name you know, in a, in a letter or whatever, then the police end up naming... The Zodiac Killer. Yeah, yeah exactly, right? Yeah. So that's fine if they give you a cool name like the Zodiac Killer. But... Well, I don't know if I ever got into the papers, Will. <laughs> but the point is that it, it, eventually okay. you were going to, and you don't want someone else in charge of it. Like, you know. No, that's not, that's not true. You don't want him like, oh, like, did Daredevil... We've got to go and get the Daredevil Gumboot Warrior name him, or whatever. Oh, yeah, Daredevil did name himself after his dad, didn't he? Yeah. There must be a superhero who didn't name himself but was named by the people who saw his exploits. Oh, well, I think that happens sometimes. Like, we, So that's know. what I was doing. I wasn't naming myself. I was going to get named by the community right. I was protecting. Okay, but, but that's... The risky. weirdo kid. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I mean. It's risky. The little with, psychopath. Because with Spider-Man, like he's a man dressed as a spider, so people are going to go, oh, it's that Spider-Man. I don't think we'll Spider-Man call him Spider-Man. ever named himself. No, but that, what, what I'm saying is that it's obvious to people he's going to call, be called Spider-Man. Yeah. Right? Okay. Because Batman's going to be called Batman because he's a man dressed as a bat. Okay. Whereas you're a kid dressed as an emo wiggle. And you're but not going to get a good it was, name. It's predating emo. Okay, so you're a journalist. Skivvy boy. You're- <laughs> it's Skivvy boy. <laughs> like, that's not a good name. Like, no matter how... Skivvy boy returns. Yeah. The Skivvy boy rises. Yeah, it was like, no one's ever going to go, you know who the Australian leader is? Skivvy boy. So no one would... Oh, you know what? I, the last bit of my costume was I had gardening gloves on. Like, uh, white gardening gloves. Right. Yeah. So... White gloves. The, you know what I look like? The skinny gay kid. <laughs> you look like a black and white minstrel show. Yeah, no. I, I looked like, like 1926 Mickey Mouse. All black with these fat white gloves. <laughs> so they called me Mickey Mouse. Or they called you the mime. You look like a mime, essentially. You're wearing the outfit of a mime. I don't wear big white People gloves. People would have thought oh, that yeah, you they were do a mime. Gloves. Okay, the mime. When they saw you. That's that, a, but that's a bad because I probably, I think that mime could be, uh, people are scared of mimes. <laughs> are they? Yeah. Or, or they just don't like them. You'd be always putting people in like glass boxes, but they just escape. <laughs> I think the mime, look, if I, if I had <laughs> been, been trying to solve crime, but it'd be really windy. <laughs> I haven't got time to solve crime on the mime. <laughs> They're like, why are you talking? <laughs> Oh, shit! You're the worst mime of all time. <laughs> Worse than a bucket of slime. We get that you can rhyme, but you were meant to fight crime as a mime. So, uh, how old are you? You're 12. 12. And you've got explosives? Yeah. I've got a grappling hook. You've got a grappling hook. I've got a potato gun. You've got a potato gun. So, when and, the- uh, But because I had to maintain... Uh, Charlie Clawson by day and the mime by night. Yeah, I needed to have. You know what your slogan would be? The mime. He's silent but deadly. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> now superheroes need slogans too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So uh, I needed I needed to be able to access my costume and my weapons at a moment's notice because you never knew when trouble was afoot. Exactly. So like you know, Batman has the pole down in the Batcave. Yep. Superman has a telephone booth. Yep. So, Spider-Man has a backpack. Does he? Yeah. He doesn't wear it under his clothes? Oh, no, sometimes. the backpack's for picking it up. But he has the his clothes in, isn't it? No, both. He, never doesn't seen... always, he doesn't always wear it under his clothes. Yeah, not Sometimes so he's got it in the your backpack. It's all right. It's practical. <laughs> it's got a backpack. He's got a backpack with the Spider-Man outfit and a backpack full of porn. 
hypothetically, right? Yeah. Just say you had to get changed into like some jogging gear before you could fight crime. Yeah. How quickly do you reckon you could do that? Like if you saw an intruder bust into your house and start beating up Amy, but you couldn't go in there until you disguise yourself because just say your jogging gear is your costume. Right. How quickly could you do it? Uh, so I have to put shoes and socks on? Yes. Well, yeah, the whole outfit. I'd take at least She'd be dead. (laughs) (laughs) She'd be dead. Like, to be honest, there'd be a point where I started to take my time because I'd be like, you know what? She'd be dead by now anyway. Therefore, you'd always wear your jogging gear under your clothes. I guess I would, yeah. But for me, it would be the shoes. You'd always wear sneakers at least. It'd be shoes and socks. Because they take the longest. Yeah. And particularly for me because I have like, you know, back and hip problems. Like, (laughs) (laughs) some superhero. Here he comes. Arthritis man. It's like you're getting, you know, the Joker has laid siege to the city. It's like, did we get that man? No. We got uh, arthritis man. He's just hobbling up the street now. He'll be there in a sec. He sleeps on a bed of magnets. <laughs> <laughs> to the walker. <laughs> Taking arthritis, man. Are they proton pills? No, fish oil. <laughs> Glucosamine. Uh, yeah, I can't. Uh, it takes me ages to put my shoes and socks on. Yeah. So that for me, that would be the the problem. Yeah. Right. Well, I, I had my so I had my um, uh, my gum boots. Well, my gum boots were gum boots, so they could sort of hang out in the car, but they didn't look too suspicious. But I had the skivvy and the tracksuit pants tucked in a drawer underneath the record player. So the routine would be like, go in, you know, bust open the shirt. Superman For the style. record, though. Yeah. Like, jeans and uh, tracksuit pants and skivvy. Yeah. Are just normal clothes. Yeah. So and- you don't need to hide that either. You could have just had that in the cupboard with your sneakers. I wanted to have them together. Yeah. So I could access it at the same time. Like, I wasn't going to hang my skivvy back up on yeah. the clothes hanger and put my pants in the drawer. I wanted right. them together. Okay. I didn't want to arouse suspicion because you open it, mum opens the drawer and she sees, like, basically a. Hang on. Why are these tracksuit pants with this skivvy and these gumboots? <laughs> yeah. Something's going on. Yeah. My son must be fighting crime. <laughs> my son must be an emo wiggle. <laughs> I think my daughter might be a lesbian. <laughs> Because I came in the other day and she was reading a lot of porn, <laughs> like heaps. Almost, you'd say, a record player full. <laughs> and she needed to keep them in order for some reason I couldn't understand. <laughs> when I grabbed them, she said, Mom, they'll be out of order. So I didn't want to, so I wanted to keep that stuff all close by, but, you know, away from my regular clothes. And also, too, I needed that separation when I took on the mantle of the mine, right? I don't want to have to go to my cupboard to put on my my skivvy and then go get the drawer because it doesn't make me feel like I'm finding crime. You want a bit of a routine, a, yeah. a, a ceremony, I guess. Is this a ceremony? That's what it would be for the mime. You'd be to the glass box and then because you don't know what's ah, in the glass yeah, box yeah, that, yeah, and yeah. you'd have that, actually having a... Yes, that's what my bat yeah. cave is. Right? Yeah, good. So I put on the uh, tractor pants skivvy... And a record player that doesn't actually play music. Perfect for the mime. Ah, oh, yes! <laughs> I never thought of that. Yeah. So... I put on I put on the costumes. I put on the costume, the tracksuit pants, and the skivvy, and the boots. Yeah. And then this is the best bit. I would turn the record player on, and I would turn the turntable onto its lowest speed. So like whatever is it thirty three or whatever half of that was. Yeah. So I'd be turning slowly, 
And then dun, 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 I'd open the lid and my weapons would be turning in that classic, you know, like every superhero film, like when they choose their arsenal. And so I'd like take my spud gun off, I'd, you know, stick my uh, explosive to my belt. And then the last bit I always do would be the mask. Dun, 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 dun. And that was pretty much like the purpose of the record player for me it was just like that. I, the only reason I, I did it was for that moment, so I could have the weapons turning. Oh, that's a good enough reason. Yeah. That's a great reason. Yeah, I don't think I actually ended up fighting any crime. <laughs> it was just the build-up to that. What sort of crime did you think you were going to fight? I didn't honestly think I was going to fight crime. Right. I, I just, basically, I would just climb on my roof and run around and pretend I was fighting people. Oh, that's all right. Yeah. Although I did remember getting sprung by neighbours, not the porn neighbour, the next house down, that a two-storey house. And I remember I was on the roof and I was like play fighting. <laughs> And I looked over and I saw one of the guys, the older brothers, staring out at me. And so I tried to turn my fighting invisible ninjas into like as if I was, I don't know, rehearsing something like I was up there. And, you know, like I, it was, I don't know how I tried to palm it off, but I did try and turn it into something that didn't like, you know, I'm wearing, still wearing a mask. Mind you. Uh, you're like, uh, I don't know if you know, but I'm uh, going to be an actor. <laughs> and 20 years later, you've been an actor for all that time just to cover that embarrassment. You don't want to be an actor. No. You just got caught in I a to, lie. I to maintain that you lie. could not get out Until of Until this guy dies, I'm yeah. stuck doing this shit. <laughs> hey, uh, we should wind it up. All right. Uh, uh, we have a Facebook page, yeah. uh, which you know we try to write on all the time. So hit us up on the Facebook page or like our Facebook page if you're on Facebook. Um, uh, if you're downloading from iTunes, which I know some people do, make sure you do a review of the show. On iTunes, um, you know, the better reviews we get, the the higher it goes up the iTunes charts and some other people might hear about it. We're still putting together some ideas for a whole bunch of like, maybe we'll do some posters or some apps and stuff. We've been talking to some different people. So if you've got some ideas of, you know, what you might like to see. <laughs> Did you like, uh, there's a couple of people when uh, you posted on Facebook, um, and this is a while back now, that you said, uh, uh, you know, any suggestions for apps? And the amount of people who are like, fuck man, <laughs> like... No way! Oh, I hate using apps. It's like, yeah, it's uh, not compulsory. It's not compulsory. <laughs> you don't have to use the app. We're not going to make it compulsory. But I, I think we should have an app pretty much because, as one of our uh, listeners suggested, we would have to call it the TOEF app, <laughs> which, which is almost worth having an app uh, just for that. But we're just trying to come up with some ideas. I think I, re- I remember reading about TOEFapping in that uh, in Razzle. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. TOEFapping and fruit shocking. Have you ever, have you ever toe tapped while you're getting your fruit chopped? <laughs> and if anyone wants to hit us up on the Facebook page and tell us what you imagine that would be, <laughs> I'd like to read the descriptions of that. Um, uh, we're on Twitter, of course, uh, TweetFop. Uh, there's um, ToeFop Facts and ToeFop Quotes on Twitter as well, which we don't run, but they're cool um, little uh, sites. So. And, my, and my personal fave, uh, ToeFop on Tumblr. Yep. Um, now, I'm a bit confused. I don't know if you've checked them out. There's like two or three sites. Right. They all seem to be interrelated. They're all printing the same information, but I can't work out what's going on. So you guys, can you like unify or something <laughs> for my benefit? So I, I know what the... Because the, I do go to your site. I love it. I reckon it's awesome. I tell people about it all the time. But um, it's like having three different uh, boxing divisions. Right. It's hard to know if there's only one. We don't need just one, but if you're going to be printing the same information. Uh, what basically Charlie's saying is he'd like it to be like Highlander. So could you please fight each other until the best of you comes out on top and they can have everybody else's powers? 
Um, uh, yeah, so you can find us, uh, you know, on Twitter, Facebook, all that sort of stuff, um, or tofop.com. Um, I'm on tour at the moment, uh, Adelaide, Brisbane, and Melbourne with my new show, Willarius. You can find all the details at willanderson.com.au. I would love if, you know, you came along. That'd be cool. Uh, so, look, we're back with some regularity now, and uh, we're just going to keep sort of pumping out the episode. Sorry if we started off a little sexual. I mean, was it... I don't think we ever get too icky. Without, I mean, if it's icky, it's, it's only icky for us, right? People aren't sitting home going, oh, I don't know, it's a bit too close to home. Yes. Well, if they are, Charlie, it's their own fault. It's not compulsory <laughs> to listen to this. And if you don't know by now what this is going to be like, I mean, seriously, you're a fool to yourself and a burden to others. Take a good hard look at yourself in the mirror and think, why am I doing this? Stop playing with that tooth. You know your tooth is sore and you're not meant to touch it, but you keep touching it. Why are you doing that? Is there anyone who listens to this? I listen to stuff, as you know, I listen to quite a lot of stuff that is of people that I hate. Like, you know, I quite often listen to Andrew Bolt and oh, uh, yeah. Steve Price and for people who yeah. don't know who they are, but they're yeah. like, you know, I like, right, I like, right-wing radio guys. And I listen to their show essentially just so I can be outraged and so I can just like argue with them even though it's a radio show. It's entertainment. It's entertains me. So there may well be people who, you know, listen to this because they hate us. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. To the walker. <laughs>